Parallel Lives. My name is Levi, and this is my co-host Demer. Hello. Today we have Pumpkin Queen, who is a horror narrator on YouTube. Today's episode is all about creativity, which is something that quite a lot of maladaptive daydreamers, you know, have something to say about. So yeah, this should be an interesting episode, seeing as you know, Pumpkin Queen, Demer, and myself are all sort of YouTubers. We've created, you know, we've made a lot of creative stuff as well. So yeah, I don't know how we kind of want to jump into this. Uh, Demer, if you have like any questions or thoughts to start off with? Yes. So there is, there is this study. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I don't know, it's not crazy, like groundbreaking or anything, but, but the study was, um, I think it was called empathy, creativity, and emotion regulation in like normal, immersive and maladaptive daydreaming. Uh, uh, that's not the exact title like don't quote me on that but that's what the study was and I'm pretty sure most of those words are in the actual title Mm -hmm. and from my understanding not that I'm a scientist or a researcher or understand how to interpret data but from my understanding of what that study said was that of those three groups maladaptive daydreamers are actually the least creative not because they don't come up with ideas but because they don't translate them into, into real life. They don't take on that second aspect of creativity, which is creating. And I find that to be true. I know Levi just said, <laughs> just said like, oh, we're YouTubers, we're all creative. I don't feel like a creative person, though, because I don't feel like I translate things to the real world often. But is that something that, I don't know, is that something you would say applies to you? Do you have trouble getting over that hump? Or do you feel like your maladaptive daydreaming actually helps you? Or like, I don't know, just thoughts on that? Um, good question. Uh, <laughs> it is indeed very hard to translate uh, daydreams into, you know, the creative type of stuff. I see that a lot with when I... Well, I am very creative with, you know, writing stories and I also do uh, art with drawing and everything. But uh, translating it to, uh, from what I see in my mind back to on paper, that that is indeed very difficult. So I can see why there would be uh, a lot of people who wouldn't. Because uh, if you... Um, have it in your brain uh it's more likely a movie from what we are experiencing and if you were to bring it back out as uh, a written form like a book that's a whole other thing and in my opinion it 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 has been very hard getting that out (laughs) and i have spent a lot of time trying to put that out there and in the correct ways uh am i not over describing things that i see is it uh should i add more things leave things away to the point where it's like oh no maybe it is too long um a little little bit like that uh so my opinion on this is uh actually you know uh I would say I'm a very creative person, but also uh, 
Dilmer, the way you explain creativity is quite interesting because I never thought about it that way. I never thought about, you know, actually taking those, the stuff that you think about and creating something with it, you know. Uh, for me, creativity was just something that was, that was your, like your ability to be able to think of original things or whatnot. And I realized like how sort of skewed, you know, that is of me to have to think about it that way but um for me it's kind of interesting because that made me realize that it's it's sort of difficult for me to create things in my mind out of nothing like i need to get inspiration or reference from something in the real world or from media or from something online or a video or something like that you know music or whatnot or something that i see uh, on the street or something like that um, otherwise my brain is sort of blank you know which is really strange but i never really thought about it that way but that's what i just realized uh, maybe i'm creative in a way that i create as an artist but without those things that sort of trigger like my daydreams you know it's uh it's debatable <laughs> i feel like that makes you know that's like my experience of it uh so that that makes me think pumpkin queen like where do you get your inspiration from is your inspiration um generated from within from like your daydreams or do you have to seek elsewhere for it um well mainly for my stories it is indeed my daydreams and that goes back to well things that i use to daydream or stuff is uh, more most likely uh, music that kind of fuel and that get the whole uh, universe going and I eventually when I get like the base code I kind of start uh, picking from other media uh, or to see inspiration like other books other stories I'm like, oh, that is a fun idea. Here I can, you know, take something from. So I I indeed understand how that works. I am currently reading um, 1984, and that is um, also kind of becoming a little bit of inspiration for one of my current uh, paracosms that I'm putting onto paper. So that, that is also a thing. Don't know if that's going to be a very positive outcome for um, the story, but uh, it's fun for my art. Um, mostly just, yeah, whatever I come up with. That is mainly just my original characters that I try to put onto paper. I'm wondering, have you like always been this way? Were you always artistic children or was your like creative output something that came later in life because of your like inner world um well md has always been with me as a child as uh, far as i know but the creative outputs um well started to come more likely around my teenage years Though I did start off with things like music, since I uh, myself play an instrument, I play the harp, 
death. Harp, that's yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's so cool. You don't meet many like harpists. I don't even know what to yeah. call them. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, things like uh, drawing and writing uh, came all around uh, my teenage years when I started experimenting and started to get art class uh, at school and got to know, oh, wait, this is actually a lot of fun and I can actually do something with this, you know? And start to put things from your brain onto paper. And that was a whole new experience in some sort of weird way. And eventually even added uh, cosplay onto it as well uh, a couple of years later. So, yeah, I've been creative since I can, since I can remember. Uh, I've always drawn things and, you know, uh, thinking about it, stories have like always been a pretty big deal for me. You know, I've always been uh, putting myself in in stories, like in the universe of certain stories, becoming attached to characters and all that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I've I've always been creative, and I think that you know I always will be creative. It's just uh, for me, it's just a personality thing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to you know speak to to maladaptive daydreamers who. Well, I know like Dummer, you said that you're not creative, but. I mean, you still run your YouTube channel and, you know, create your video topics and things like that. So, you know, uh, speaking to maladaptive daydreamers who still create things, what I wanted to know, uh, sorry, I know that my answer is sort of like branching off into a question, but it does have to do with it. Uh, so what I wanted to know is whether maladaptive daydreaming ever interferes with like that creativity uh that you have that creative process of either you know planning something getting an idea for something or even just making something like recording videos or editing videos or something like that um it definitely interferes with mine like um it, you said it halo has said it i know i keep denying it that i'm creative because i i do have like a lot of output but that is that is passion, not creativity. Like, and I, I guess the argument can be made for like, what's the difference if you're passionate about something? But even, I mean, even on something like, on my YouTube channel, on even on this podcast, on most everything that I do that is is output is filling a need. It's not really something I self-generated. It's something the community generated, something that they were asking us or... Um, we we draw on the community a lot for this podcast. We ask them, like, what do you guys want to hear about next? You know, come up with some questions for us to ask the the guests and things like that. Um, so I, I really don't feel like I'm the one generating much of anything. So for me, <laughs> that's why I don't feel like a creative person. Um, but the the output the MD does make a big hump in like getting things out there. You know, like I don't, this is the most, this podcast is the most stable upload schedule I have ever adhered to. 
<laughs> but again, that's motivation. That's passion. That's um, but the motivation and the passion is for for generating content for the community. The the, the underlying passion isn't cr- to create; it's to inform. I guess. So I yeah I don't know like maybe maybe like we sort of on the surface have like the same ends but completely different means I guess. And uh, what about you, Pumpkin Queen? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So um, I hate uh, doing the audio editing. So that is a very long process to do. Especially um, because I tend to zone out a lot when I need to get to that point. Narration goes fine. I get the story, get it done. But the moment I need to edit, it's like, no, I I don't feel like doing it. And I'm gone. And it's like five minutes of editing, gone again. Put it on pause to save it. And it... It takes very long. So that's why I only do one video a week because the process of making it is a lot longer than uh, most narrators uh, well tend to have. Some people even uh, have the ability to, w- to make one video a day, which I think is amazing, or multiple a week. I, I can't do that. It's uh, the keeping the concentration uh, at my work with the little boring parts of making it isn't not always working out too well. So that interferes a lot with my art. It, it goes well until I get like a new idea and I have to sit on it or think about showing others and then I am gone for like... Um, hot moment and I'm like oh I didn't exactly show it to that person I daydreamed about showing that person and their reaction but I didn't actually do it should I should I not I'll just continue and then I just continue and I'll actually do it which a very stupid thing because probably my friends would love to see it but then I don't so yeah it it does interfere some things take a lot longer than it should uh, especially when I am doing things like research uh, or indeed editing, I tend to, you know, fall away and use things as inspiration or start daydreaming about the topic and I'm completely gone for like, if not half an hour, then longer. <laughs> so that that is very irritating. Yeah, I feel like uh, I can relate to to a lot of what you said. And uh, the thing is, you know, with MD is that it's so, like, persistent. You know, you know that you want to focus on your work and you know that you sort of have to focus on what you want to do, right? But like you said, after a few minutes, it's just, <laughs> you're absolutely gone. And, you know, for me, uh, I'm an artist and I... I can easily just sort of slip away into into my daydreams while working, but at the end of the day, you know, I still have to sit down and actually finish the work because <laughs> it's easy to start and it's easy to sort of just like, you know, do some work for a few minutes, but actually getting it done, like 
after 30 minutes to an hour, you know, it, it starts to become difficult. So yeah, MD in terms of, you know, work, it's just, it's, it's sort of a nightmare almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree on that. I don't know if uh, it becomes difficult for you on the work floor, because I don't know what kind of work you do, but uh, it, it, that is also very difficult, especially when there are people around you all the time and you have to like, I need to focus because people can't watch me do the things that I do. Yeah. Because otherwise they think I'm crazy for the things. <laughs> Uh, that I'm either going to blurt out by accident or stare at a dead point or maybe a person per accident, which has happened. And that is when you get by and they're just standing there like, what, what are you doing? What, why are you staring at me? And like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can imagine a, a job where you have to be in public and still deal with MD is so much more difficult to you know to actually deal with because you you have to deal with md on top of wanting to work but you know that when you zone out then like you said you know maybe you're staring at someone or something like that and that's like one of my biggest fears is just sort of zoning out in public and just <laughs> having people just look at me like dude what are you doing <laughs> so yeah and no, i i can imagine so we we have the um we have the audience uh, in here as well popping things into the chat and um Rain who's who's been a guest before I can't remember on which one but anyway <laughs> Rain had popped into the chat do you use creativity as a way to channel or regulate your MD why or why not um and that's that's one I wanted to get to too because you know yeah do, like do you use it as a way to sort of address maladaptive daydreaming or is it just is a thing that you power through regardless of the md or do they just sort of coexist uh good question as for writing it is a good way to get things out of the system uh at least for me it is uh, to actually put things on paper have a point uh set behind it like this is how it is and we're not going to change it anymore because I don't know if that's a problem for you, but I tend to go back to certain scenes a lot for certain, you know, universes or paracosms and do things over like, oh, no, I like this better. No, write it down. This is how it is. This is how it's going to stay. And we're going to continue until we get to the end and maybe hope that we can close the book and put it on the shelf and hope that is where it's going to stay for a while. And that is actually what um, my goal was for this year, to get all of that out of my head. Because, um, well, it's kind of funny, Levi, because I saw that we both actually got into the pretty bad uh, version of MD, where we couldn't sleep, to miss at least funny because it was around the same time and i even commented on the video about it but um around the time i also ended up uploading a video with uh telling my viewers about it uh what it was and ended up telling my family members about it as well i actually were uh well not all of them uh the most uh 
uh, people who are very close uh, around me, who are very understanding about it. And um, yeah, at the moment I'm using writing to get uh, things out of the system, which has been working really, really well. And art has been more of, well, a way to kind of coexist next to it, to help with it. Um, I even made at some point uh, <laughs> a drawing about maladaptive daydreaming. Uh, you have seen it, Dimmer, didn't you? Yeah, I bought it. I bought a sticker and a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was also a very fun project uh, to do during that uh, period. Also, to get uh, more of a picture for other people who don't really understand what it is with uh, all of the parts of the drawing all having a bit of a more of a meaning with the upper part of the head being a cage with, well, a bit of a galaxy blur kind of thing in the middle, which represents the daydreams, hands reaching out for help, because that is what a lot of people want, but don't always tend to get. And roses and everything on top of it, because, well, I don't know if you have seen things on media or TikTok, because it tends to be very romanticized at the moment. <laughs> so that's uh, a little bit, which I put on my teespring. So it's for everyone to get if it would be interested. I made it also as cheaply as possible. So, But yeah, it's a fun drawing I made, hoping uh, that people would use it. So. We can kind of spot each other on the streets as well. <laughs> I don't even know how I would react to seeing, like, if somebody just walked by me wearing, like, a Pumpkin Queen MD hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know what I would do. Um, Iris, okay, so so we just, what was that, that last question we asked was, um, do you use your MD to regulate mallet? What? No. Do you use your creativity to regulate maladaptive daydreaming? But while we were talking, um, Iris popped into, ch into the chat that they've actually had the opposite experience that when, when you're like using or when they're using creativity for like um, output, instead of just leaving it internal, what they actually end up doing is stimulating their MD, which... I, I guess could lead someone into a spiral. Like, does that ever happen to you guys? Do you ever like get caught in this cycle of like your MD inspiring you to create something, but in the act of creating it, you are actually inspired to um, MD more? For me, it's a definite yes. <laughs> I have uh, like to get back to, to the original question as well, you know, uh, for me, it, it is that way, but also it's more, uh, for me, it's more related to what Iris said. And uh, I noticed this when I started writing down my daydreams, just as a little experiment on how that affects, you know, my art, my writing, all that type of stuff. And what ended up happening was that I wrote way, way, way more. And the story just kept going on and on and on. And uh, 
yeah, it uh, <laughs> it was just uh, it was it was a pit <laughs> that I pushed myself into by doing something like that. So if I start to draw my daydreams, for example, I think you know it would just I just wouldn't end. It would just keep going on forever and ever. So yeah, uh, like Iris said, it doesn't regulate it. It more so stimulates it. So yeah. Is that something you've ever experienced, Pumpkin Queen? Yeah, I could understand it at some point. Um, that's why I don't draw as much fan art as most people do. Because I do uh, tend to get very, um, well, attached to certain, uh, well, let's say video games and stuff uh, at the moment that is, uh, well, maybe you've heard of it, uh, Genshin Impact. And I am indeed also a little, little, little scared that if I start to make more fan art, especially if I were to create a character for it in that universe, that is go only going to make it worse daydreaming from that um, <laughs> video game with like a original character that I have created and uh stories that i'm going to make up and basically just making up fan fictions and everything in my head um to you know satisfy with everything so um yeah i haven't gotten to that uh on purpose not not a single piece of fan art from that game just because i'm a little little scared that i'm going to spiral down so i'm usually tend to keep it on my own characters and try to get that out of the system and do the things that I need to and not get too, too attached to uh, other media forms, even though I do love them. So oh, I can actually really relate to, uh, to what you said there with, you know, creating your own character for this world and for this fandom or you know, media or whatnot. Uh, I uh, can definitely uh, back you up in saying that, you know, creating a character and engaging in media uh, in some way, in some creative way, such as creating your own character or uh, daydreaming of yourself engaging with the characters or whatnot, you know, that does definitely uh, <laughs> uh, create that spiral effect where it's just this is something new that's interesting and uh, when it happened to me uh, I'm extremely heavily currently into a game called Rhythm Doctor and uh, as soon as I created my character it was just over. So uh, you know engaging in media with creativity is a very fine line in my opinion and to what I can agree with uh, to what you said you know between allowing yourself to sort of just spiral out of control and just indulge in this new uh, form of media or new world or whatever uh, versus whether uh, you have other things to focus on you know <laughs> so yeah no uh, I, I definitely understand the the pain <laughs> we had another question in the in the chat that um speaking of characters does md help you make characters I have found that it does not. So I don't 
I used to be pretty creative. I swear to God, I used to be. I used to write. I don't need more, but I used to. And what I made was um, an anthology of short stories uh, about the life of this little like single dad family, which is nothing to do with my paracosm. It has nothing to do with MD. But what I noticed I was doing was all of the characters were from my MD. Like I just took them and uh, gave them a new skin and a new backstory and used them to populate the short stories. They weren't the same characters, but like they were the same characters. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but but I, I used the, the, the personalities and stuff that I had built there and transported them to something else to use. But I don't think that I could just sit down and generate a character for a story. I don't think I was ever able to do that. Um, so the MD helps me look like I'm creating characters, but I'm not actually. What about you guys? Uh, for me, when I am creating characters, I usually tend to make them a, a, li a little too complex, if that makes any sense. So... As, as far as uh, writing out the character, I start with a nice base and it was good what it is. And then I spend too much time on it and it actually is like, oh, well, it, it could have been a little bit less, actually. This is going to take a while if I need to explain this to another person eventually in the future. This is a mess. And that, that is a little bit of a problem. That I add, start adding too much of this is interesting, that is interesting, I could do that. Let, let add some little bit of uh, mental illness into it, because that is very relatable. Um, this piece of media, that is cool, and then it becomes a little bit too much. You don't really have like a nice formed character, but it's like a really big background story with too much added to it and it's going to take too long to actually explain what this character is and how it how he works or how he she it works so uh i don't really copy paste all that much unless it's with my uh the, the character that i represent because it's still me in every universe you know in my stories then, then yes, then, then I do get it. Though, um, with characters that are around it, I usually tend to um, build them a lot more than the actual character that I am, you know, playing. Uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, uh, I feel like I I feel like my answer is so it's it's similar but also so different uh, to both of uh, what what uh, Pumpkin Queen and Demer said. But for me, you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't help a lot. Like I can easily make up a character on the spot, but because it's maladaptive daydreaming, you know, I feel like the characters have to be a bit more detailed. And, uh, you know, a bit more fleshed out. And they have to have a reason for being part of my daydreams. Like, I can't just make a character on the spot for the sake of, uh, 
for for the sake of making a character for my daydreams just because um so md doesn't really help me with that just because there's too much detail that needs to go into it but i feel that uh you know maladaptive daydreaming definitely does help uh in the process of sort of thinking of uh original ways or original personality traits and things to give to characters so i can easily make up a quick scenario in my head uh you know but yeah i don't know i guess it it depends as well but yeah sort of but also not <laughs> if that makes sense but um yeah i mean i i think that we all actually all of us here we write so in terms of writing you know does maladaptive daydreaming ever sort of uh, how can i phrase this would you say that maladaptive daydreaming makes it easier to get thoughts on paper to get thoughts out there or would that also be sort of more of an interference so yes we do know that md might help us creatively or might make us uh, you know think of scenarios but is it really easy for us to uh, bring our own thoughts down onto paper and actually make something with that or does md interfere with that as well for you guys sorry i know my uh, <laughs> my way of asking questions is a bit dragged out and long a little <laughs> don't worry about, about it no don't don't worry about it it was just being sarcastic um <laughs> Yeah, well, like I said somewhere in the beginning, it's uh, very hard to translate um, something that you can see in your daydreams, because we know what a character looks like. We know what a room looks like when we're standing in it, or what, what happens. Uh, but having to translate that into a story from something that is more likely a movie onto a well a book kind of thing that is different because you have to explain things things that the characters do things that the characters um well the sounds that maybe uh come off um uh what things look like um little details so you can paint the picture that you are seeing and not let everything out, but also not make it too detailed to clutter the whole page and make your readers bored with, okay, we get it, you don't need to keep telling us how the clock on the wall looks like. You know, those kind of things. Keep it interesting, but not uh, do too much with it. And that is hard. At least what I think, because whenever I'm uh, writing it, I need to have other people look at it like, is, is this good? Do I have to cut out things? Do I have to do things extra uh, before actually uh, narrating it uh, onto my channel before it's good enough? I, I have a lot of trouble with translation, and it actually has impacted my life like negatively in very real ways because 
Oh my God. I don't want to take an hour to like tell you my life story, but <laughs> let me, let me try to get it down in a few sentences. So I have always daydreamed in the same paracosm. I don't, I don't have a lot of different ones. I don't go from theme to theme. It is like an ever renewing or super long movie. You know, it's, it's a movie that's 30 years long instead of two hours, 30 years. So there's a lot, there's a lot of backstories. There's a lot of characters who have years of backstory. There's a lot of different plot threads. Some of them, you know, that, that um, build to the main plot and, and some of them that just sort of die out. And, and because the beginning of the story, it, you know, it's so integral to the story. It's the foundation, but I made it when I was friggin' five. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that don't, that don't, uh, you know, translate well um, into an adult uh, work. There's a lot of weird, you know, like, universe rules that I don't think would make sense in a written story, but it makes sense in my daydream because, you know, that's continuous, but those rules were made when I was a child. So they don't really make, make sense, <laughs> you know? So anyway, because I've always had this super huge, ongoing, internal, very vivid world, I always felt the need or the want, I guess, to bring it out of me, to make it somehow tangible in um, writing um, was mostly the one when I was younger. And how that's impacted my life is when I went to university, I started taking writing courses and they didn't really have anything to do with my major. I was passionate about something else, something that I wanted you know, to do with my life as a career, had nothing to do with writing. But anyway, I took all these writing courses and I'm American university is friggin' expensive. And now I have all this debt that I didn't need to take on for a, for courses in something that I never really had any intention of using in my career. It was just sort of a side thing um, that I found out, you know, through years of trial and error that I don't care about. Like, <laughs> I only cared about writing in that I could translate my MD into something tangible. I'm not actually a writer. I'm not passionate about writing. I don't care about writing. Um, it's not something that I wanna do. And it took me way too long and way too much money to figure out that that I, I didn't wanna do that. I didn't have to do that. Yeah, I don't know, just, just way too much time and money to, to figure out that, that, that I, am not passionate enough about writing to put in the work and the resources and the finances that it would take to be good enough to write these daydreams, like to write a 30 year old paracosm in a way that anyone would want to read. Like I got to get, I got to get to like J.R. Tolkien level, you know, and I'm not uh, willing to do that. I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can definitely relate to that as well, because, you know, I really want to, write down my paracosm thoughts and i really want to create things of the daydreams that i have but it's so difficult it is like <laughs> you know like uh, like you mentioned you know having to write write down these thoughts it just it spirals out of control and 
you know, it becomes this whole thing where you'd end up writing a novel with all these thoughts that we have in our minds and things like that. Um, I do create like four panel comics, but I never finish them. They are drawn so roughly and they're just like quick sketches. And that is just to get my thoughts recorded somehow. Just because I always think like I wish that you could have like a, a video recorder for your mind where it could just record your daydreams or your thoughts so that you don't have to worry about forgetting them or anything like that. But yeah, it's just it's so difficult for me to put my thoughts onto paper. Uh, like I can do it, but if I start, then I just don't stop. <laughs> and then it turns into a novel. And uh, it's just bad because it's just random ramblings, you know, that just pop up. So, yeah. I um I wanted to bring it back around to something that, that you said in the beginning. Because I made a note of it, but then we talked about other things. And I didn't find a good way to, to segue into it. So now I'm just going to shoehorn it in here. <laughs> so so in the beginning we had asked i had asked something like what did i ask you um oh i uh, are you creative because of your md or does your md make you creative i had asked something like that and you had answered pumpkin queen that well i've had md since i was a child and that opens up like a whole new line of questions because <laughs> I totally get that. Like, it's not something you can really, you can't really separate out exactly where this begins and, and that ends and it's all wrapped up in each other. But so I see people say, and it hurts me, it hurts my soul to see people say that they, they know that the MD is hurting them, but they are afraid to and they don't want to attempt to treat it. They don't want to try to, to make themselves better. They don't want to try to curb it in any way, specifically because they feel that it makes them really creative. It's what generates all their ideas for art or writing or whatever they're into. And they are afraid that if they get treated for maladaptive daydreaming, they will lose that part of themselves. Do you guys oh, have no. thoughts on that? Oh, no, I don't think your creativity is going to leave you if you get yourself treated. I mean, I would be more than happy if it could go back from maladaptive to immersive daydreaming. But no, I don't think your creativity is just going to plop out of your head and just, you know, leave it somewhere in the dumpster. It, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> no, uh... People don't have to be afraid of that. I wish we could get uh, more ways to treat uh, to treat it, actually. And it's it's not uh, that that part is going to leave you of having the ability to put things on paper or being able to draw, because you can still, if you were able to write or draw or maybe do other things with it, like what I mentioned earlier, cosplay, uh, translated into other things. Uh, it's, it's not like you won't be able to enjoy that hobby anymore or become suddenly bad at it. You will still have that, and I don't think that your creativity is going to leave you. Of course, we all get an art block. I think we can all relate to that from time to time that we just sit there 
look at the paper and just don't know what to do with it or everything that comes out is bad, but that doesn't mean you can't do it anymore or that you're not creative anymore. There are always ways uh, to, you know, do the thing that you love because it it is always a hobby, at least for me. And at the moment, it is a way to indeed get things out of my system for my MD, but I don't think it will leave me when I would eventually get myself treated for it, because I hope that in the future that uh, would become uh, more of a thing. So, uh, in my opinion, I 100% agree uh, with what you said, and I disagree that, you know, getting treated, uh, getting maladaptive being treated, of course, will affect creativity and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, like the way that I think about it is not having maladaptive daydreaming will just, you'll still be creative. You'll still think of all these scenarios and the difference will just be that you'll be able to get stuff done in the real world. You'll be able to do chores, work, focus on studying, you'll be able to do other things. That is, you know, uh, obviously considering that there's no other, uh, other thing that's sort of interfering with those things as well you know i'm just speaking of the maladaptive aspect of maladaptive daydreaming here so yeah you know like having immersive daydreaming would be absolutely fantastic it's just the maladaptive daydreaming part the daydreaming is fine that's it's okay to have but the reason why it's maladaptive daydreaming is because it just it causes distress you know it interferes with our daily lives so not having that maladaptive part of daydreaming would be absolutely amazing and i don't think it would affect creativity or having characters or anything you know it's not th those characters and those worlds belong to you your characters and your paracosm it's it's part of you it's not it's not it doesn't belong to your maladaptive daydreaming it belongs to you as a person so you know it's not like if you get treated if you get your maladaptive daydreaming treated that your daydreams are going to get treated as well. It's not like that. It's just that you'll be able to get stuff done in the real world. So, yeah. Okay, I have a completely uh, a completely random thought. Just a straight thought. Characters. Okay. I, I noticed, Pumpkin Queen, that you yeah. are called Pumpkin Queen. And your little icon is a uh, queen of the pumpkins, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Levi too, because um, as YouTubers, but in other things, you know, there's sort of pen names, online personas. I don't have much of an online persona. I mean, a little bit. I'm a lot nicer on my YouTube channel than I am in real life. But but for 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 you guys, I don't know. Is your is your is your online persona like a a daydream character, like a an idolized self, or anything like that? Oh yeah. <laughs> so um fun thing i actually did not create her just to be a um part of my daydreams in the in the first place i just needed something uh to be the face of my youtube channel because uh most horror narrators uh tend to well have a mask on because most of us are masked 
we don't show our face and I chose for that to be a well um, pumpkin hat uh, well that is more likely a bit of a species kind of thing you don't see it around a lot anymore but I thought it was really cool to have more like a monster type of character because it's in the horror community so it was fitting and I'm a very big fan of uh, the nightmares before Christmas so that ended becoming pumpkin queen uh, but eventually I uh, to get more uh, into uh, the community and the fandom from the creepy pastas and everything I uh, started doing uh, role plays and everything and having to write out things for my character and that is the point where uh where pumpkin queen uh, became a uh parami <laughs> uh, you know what she's welcome i don't mind it at all um i do have my own little kind of uh cozy place for her and most of the other people that I would interact with as her are like characters from friends or other media within the genre and it's just enjoyable and fun and Pumpkin Queen is a little bit less like myself because she's a lot more confident and uh, more like a leader type of person which uh, I am not I'm uh, very um, to myself and uh, very big introvert so I find it to be very scary to talk to others and new people so um, yeah Pumpkin Queen is uh, more, most likely a indeed a better version of uh, myself or an idolized version yeah so my avatar is yeah it is my idealized self from my daydreams this uh character that i have as my avatar basically yeah, it's basically what my character looks like in my mind and um you know it's but it's actually interesting because i don't like i don't act the way that this character does uh, i still act like myself but when I draw my character doing anything, uh, then they are their idealized self, you know? It's, it's very strange, but yeah, I do, uh, <laughs> I do use my, my maladaptive daydreaming version of myself. So, sort of in that same vein. So, um, oh my gosh, let me think of a way to put this. I just, I just like gave you my whole backstory of like... <laughs> How how it how it took me far too long and far too many resources just to figure out that I wasn't creative in that way. But so so I mean I guess I'm coming from that perspective and you you two as actual artists are like coming from a different perspective. Would you guys encourage creativity as a way for MDers to address their maladaptive daydreaming as a way to get it under control? Hmm. That that's a good one. At least for me, it works. But I believe, well, every person is different. It probably also works different for every different person. 
Um, for me, it, what I already said, it works really well to get things out of my system through writing. But on the other hand, for drawing, it can uh, spiral me back down if it um, comes down to things like fan art and other things. So I think it needs a little bit of experimenting for everyone and see what works. Again, for me, writing works really well uh, to get things out of paper, get a point behind it, and to try and close the book that you've been working on for all those years in your brain and hope that somewhere along the point, it ends. What about you, Levi? Would you encourage it? Let's say you were sitting uh, in a room of 100 MDers, <laughs> giving them advice for how to get, get a hold of their maladaptive daydreaming. So to a general population of different kinds of MDers, would channeling their MD into a creative outlet be on your list of things to tell them to do? Um, you know, it's quite a difficult question because I feel like, you know, like Pumpkin Queen said, each person is different, you know, um, but I think that for those who can do it, sure, they can go ahead. But I feel that, uh, I, I personally feel that people shouldn't force themselves to have a specific type of outlet um, if it doesn't work for them, you know, test things out, see what works, what doesn't. Yeah, just take it from there. And uh, I'll just, I'll just basically like say that uh, my answer is it's a difficult question because each person is different and what works for one person might not work for the other. So, yeah. Kind of getting to the end of the episode here. Um, so to wrap things up, for people who do have that creative spark, for, for people who do also have a passion for the arts, what tips would you give to them or any advice that you would give to them about using their creativity as like um, as something to regulate their MD or just in general about any, any advice on being able to set aside your daydreams to actually be able to be productive in the way that they want to be. If something is really, you know, messing up your day with, uh, you know, your MD so you can't work on everything and get distracted by it a lot, like I said, try and get it out of your system. If it is art, you can make drawings of it, maybe comics uh, for writing. Try to write it out, even if it's really short. Everything that you think could help, try and do it. You know, not literally on the spot, but try and plan times to actually get to that. and get it out. I myself try to do that as well, to uh, do that mainly during the weekends or during the evening periods to kind of get things out so I won't have to worry about it the next day. Or maybe write things down, small things in a little booklet uh, and carry that around. Maybe that can also help so you won't have to think about it for the rest of the day and get back to it later at another point. Try and find different ways, see if they can help. And yeah, 
a, a little bit like that. I 1000% agree with that little booklet tip. Um, at the at the height of my productivity and output, that's exactly what I had. I had on hand at all times a beat up, crappy little dollar store notebook that I just jotted <laughs> down anything that popped into my head. God, I wish I could find that. It's got to be around this house somewhere. It's just full of all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh man, I would love to see that. I, I gotta, I gotta like comb through my basement and find that. <laughs> So actually, I agree with that as well. Uh, what I could also suggest for anyone who might be in front of their computers a lot is to just, if you're on Discord, just create your own server with just you and just have like a channel for yes. each thing, you know, like I have my own server, just random thoughts, one for work in progress or ideas. All that type of stuff and uh, you'll find that it helps a lot just to keep things neat you know and if you remember something that you need to find you can just do a quick search and there you have it so uh, also good for videos and audio and pictures and stuff so yeah <laughs> i agree with that i also have a uh, server with just myself in it where i pop random things into it whether that's for indeed art ideas like putting references in there, just a whole clutter for one like little thingy, but also indeed like ideas for stories, thumbnails, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that that does indeed help a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I just realized? It's September right now. We're recording this in September, but this uh, episode is actually going to air on October 1st. And oh, it's nice. like, yeah, it's going to be Halloween and we've got the pumpkin queen on as a guest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I just noticed. <laughs> just in time for the outro. Oh, man, missed opportunity. We should have done something with that. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening to Parallel Lives. Uh, we will have all of Pumpkin Queen's um, links down in the description. Like, subscribe, follow, comment if it's an option on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, like I said, this um, episode is going out on October 1st. Uh, and the, the next one will be out on October 16th. And that will be our final episode for season one we're going to be sitting down with a therapist who also has maladaptive daydreaming and is offering her perspective on that so yeah definitely come by for the season finale we will um see you then i guess thanks for coming pumpkin queen thank you thank you <laughs> have a uh, wonderful spooky season everyone oh.